everybody. This is Jared Rose, host of Outside the 90. Today we'll be recording our first show of Series 1. Today we got a very special guest on, uh, Roberto Ortega. Robbie is a senior at Mercer University. He's been a major contributor in all of his time at Mercer, effectively stepping into a starting role on day one. Over the years, he's acquired a long list of accolades, including a Southern Conference Best 11 in 2018 and a Southern Conference All-Freshman Team in 2016. He has appeared in 56 matches for Mercer. He has also accumulated 32 points on 9 goals and 14 assists. In addition, Robbie also wears the captain's armband for Mercer. Basically, just a long-winded way to let everyone know Robbie has been along for a while and knows what he's talking about in regards to soccer and leadership. Full disclaimer, I've known Robbie now for close to four years, so the nature of this conversation will probably be pretty free-flowing, and I'm hoping covers a wide variety of topics. All right, let's dive in now and hear from Robbie. All right, uh, hey Robbie, welcome to Outside the 90. You're our first guest, so pretty excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, first of all. As your first guest, it's an honor, especially coming from JR, a very intellectual person, so it should be a good one today. Uh, thanks, man, thanks. So uh, just start off, just tell us a little bit about Robbie. I know you're from Jonesboro, Georgia, a little bit south of Atlanta, but uh, just tell me how you got into soccer, not even soccer, just tell me about basically what formed Robbie. So basically, I, I was born in Chicago, so I like to sound from Chicago, but I moved to Georgia when I was seven. So when I moved here, I was originally playing Sunday League at, in Chicago, but I started my soccer career really when I started learning about the whole like culture of how it's played in mostly like uh, in the youth here so when I started playing when I started playing here in Georgia I started off at a club uh, Concord and they kind of just showed me the path and the fundamentals of how to lead my way through um, the steps to get into academy so I started off in academy when I was U16 and then I started learning about the process of how to get into college and that's kind of just where my learning and started and began for me to have a career here in Mercer University. Nice. So you used a word that I'm going to be pretty interested out using throughout the entirety of this series. That word's culture, because I'm also from the Midwest. I'm from Peoria, Illinois, a little bit south of Chicago. And when I moved down here, when I enrolled in Mercer to play soccer here, I definitely noticed a cultural shift in the game. Even though I'm an hour and 15, an hour and a half from Atlanta, there's definitely an entirely different vibe surrounding the city. And uh, when I came here, I was coming with the initiation of Atlanta United. So I just wanted to ask you, before and after Atlanta United, what is the culture surrounding soccer in Atlanta? I think before Atlanta United, it was kind of just up in the air. Um, there wasn't really much structure to anything. It was just kind of people had their own idea of what they wanted to do. But now with Atlanta United coming around, it's definitely a lot more culture oriented in the aspect of like uh, coaches and stuff have an idea of what they are looking for because Atlanta United is kind of like that top team. So they kind of role model themselves after that and see like they want their players to be able to be able to reach that level. So it, let's say Atlanta United is um, a lot like, a, I wouldn't say a, a college team where they would just kick the ball, but they, um, they know when to play with it and when to get it out. So a lot of teams in the U.S. are learning how to be result-oriented now, and that's what a lot of these coaches are looking for in these players nowadays. Nice, nice. So the club system in, in uh, Atlanta. So you mentioned earlier that you played for Concord. 
Are, are there a, a series of, like, I would say, club politics, for lack of a better word, that uh, you engage with or you, you, you choose your club or do they choose you or how does that all work? Yeah, so, I mean, there's several clubs here in Georgia, like uh, Lightning, Georgia United, uh, Concord, but with that being said, it was just kind of like a team that I saw that was close to home, and that's where I started off at Concord. So, obviously, as mentioned in a little prelude to this episode, you've had a very successful college career thus far, winning three championships that was not mentioned in the prelude, but also as an individual with the, the match statistics and the point statistics that were mentioned. So coming into college as a freshman, obviously had a pretty big role to play. How did you manage coming into an already pretty defined team that was already a pretty good team, and you made an e immediate contribution to that team? Uh, I think one of the main reasons to that is being uh, just coachable. Honestly, I was just open-minded to anything uh, I had to do to help the team succeed. And whenever the team is succeeding, the every every for the most part, every player is going to have a pretty good role on why it's succeeding and I think that's why I had a pretty uh, contribution from the start because of that uh, ability to being able to be coachable. Nice. So is there anything that you specifically like about college or you specifically like about club or just outline some differences maybe between the college game and the club game? I think there's a, one of the big differences that I see from as a from being a freshman to now being a senior that I can tell you from the difference from club and college is that just the mentality of the players. Club players uh, uh, usually have a mentality that they can kind of be cute with the ball and they can kind of just play around with it, not be so much physical. But once you start getting into the college game, you realize you have to be able to hold up the ball, be more physical, being able to control the game more through um, physicality. So a big thing about the, the transition from club to soccer, really, I would say is physicality and just mentally being able to um, be ready for the game. Cool. Also, in regards to that 2016 season, you won a uh, you won a conference tournament championship that season, stepping into a starting role pretty early on in the season. Um, but you were also asked to play a lot of positions. There was a lot of formation changing that year. Uh, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong here, you actually started out on the wing, which is a position that you don't frequently play anymore. But so what... What tactical awarenesses do you need to be able to switch positions from maybe a winger to actually playing up top with Will Begrew, who was a Mac Herman semifinalist? For those of you who don't know that term, it's basically the Heisman Trophy of college soccer. Went on to be a MLS draft pick, and how do you how do you go about playing next to him and then going wide and then moving into the midfield in the central midfield? Yeah, so I did start off in the midfield on the winger, and I think one of the big things that helped me uh, be successful in that is not really so much trying to do more than what I know I can. So I was trying to do the little things as best as I can, which helped me be the best that I could on that wing, even though I'm not a wing player. So let's just say Will was that guy that we needed fre uh, freshman year, so he was the guy we needed to get him the ball. I was just there to help him and whatever he needed. So I would do the little things I needed to do in order to help him succeed. And I think that's just part of being aware of just being being open-minded to doing whatever you need to do when it's not your time. Because at one point it will be your time, but um, whenever you're just starting out, um, if you're in, out of position that you're normally not in, you just need to be able to do the little things right. And then you slowly start getting your confidence. Nice. So, like, what are some of those little things? I know one of the things that helped you get on the field immediately was being left-footed and being a very good striker of the soccer ball. 
being able to whip balls in in the air and curl balls and drive balls just throughout the throughout the course of the game. Yeah, so as a left winger, some of the things like you just mentioned, I am left-footed. Um, I am a hard worker, so as a winger, I was able to get up and down the field offensively and defensively. And some so some things that were needed during the freshman season was just whipping balls in, getting down the line, and that was just some things that I had in my bag. So I was able to contribute with that. And just defensively, as Mercer University is known as a defensively organized team, I was able to be an impact player due to those that ability to be hardworking um, uh, on the ball. Nice. So obviously we've talked a lot about your contribution as a freshman in 2016, but your role has definitely changed over the years. Obviously I listed in the prelude that you do wear the captain's band now. Uh, obviously, in terms of on the field uh, changes as well, you've moved now from a winger to a little bit. You played up top, but now you're you're playing primarily in a holding midfield role. Uh, so basically, how do you deal with change as a player and as a leader? So over the time, I could say that I've had definitely um, great role models to set an example for me. So I've just been able to get little things from each one and what I like and what I don't like about each one and kind of just build my character as I grow as well, mature. And I think um, also moving into that midfield position just kind of shows me as a person growing because I'm able to kind of just lead the team in a way where I can tell as like the freshman um, how to do things, how not to do things, and I'm able to tell the team what to do. And I think that's just kind of over the years I've kind of gained the confidence from the team just because of the maturity that I'm able to give off to the team. So are there any different leadership qualities you use as to opposed to being a captain on the field and off the field, which you are? Do you lead in different ways via maybe in the locker room, maybe outside soccer entirely, or even on the field inside the 90s? Yeah, so I'm able to I I'm able to understand uh, my teammates very well. Our players all take um, criticism differently. And I know who to be hard on and who not to be hard on because different different players take uh, criticism differently, like I said. So on the field, I'm, I'm a little bit more demanding and they know I'm a nice person. So when I'm demanding on the field, it's more so coming from a maturity aspect where I'm telling them what to do because I know what I'm saying. But then off the field, I'm able to talk to them more as a friend. So that, therefore, I'm, they're able to tell the difference when I'm telling them something on the field that is more demanding and rather than off the field when it's more as a friend and they can take it more as not criticism but me as a friend just helping them out so they can do better on the field. Nice, so that's great but switching gears here a little bit. So this season you've obviously been uh, dealing with a little bit of an injury. Uh, I've dealt with a pretty major injury this past season and I know that it weighs heavily on the psyche of a player and how getting back and what it takes to get through that injury and I want to hear your perspective just on injury and and rehabilitation just as an athlete. Yeah so I mean I've dealt with uh, ankle injury early on in the season and then mid mid season going like five games into our season now I'm dealing with a hamstring injury but it does mess with you psychologically but the only thing I can think of like that's part of maturity and just knowing that at one point, if I keep working, I'm going to get it back on the field, and I just need to do what I need to do to help the team out. And with that being said, that only gives other players opportunity. So in a way, you can't be selfish. So that just gives other people that next man up mentally. And so going on to how I deal with it, it's just more so getting in for treatment, being healthy. I know I need to do what I need to do 
um, to get on the field and kind of just show myself because in a way I'm doing this just to prove myself that I can be the best player that I can be. But with that being said, there are times when it's kind of hard because you see your team struggling and you know that you can't do anything about it, but just watch and it's, it is hard. Awesome. So anybody who's watched you play, Robbie, knows that you, you love to play soccer and you really enjoy playing soccer. I just want to know, like, is there anything in particular that you enjoy most about, is it wearing the armband, being able to be a leader, uh, seeing the success you've helped build here at Mercer, or just, just playing soccer? What do you enjoy most? I'd definitely say wearing the captain's armband is not something that makes me happy, but it is something about pride just because I've definitely earned my way up to that position. But with that being said, I think the main thing that I enjoy about just soccer is just it's, it releases a lot of stress, uh, obviously with life and school. I just have a good time out there. When I'm out there playing with my friends, I'm just out there fighting for 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 them, and I know they're doing the same for me. So it's just a good feeling to have when I'm out there on the field. Nice. and Absolutely nobody can question the fact that you've earned the armband through the course of four years. You've been, frankly, fantastic and helped win three championships in three seasons. So basically just kind of transitioning from what you've done to a little bit more of what you will do. I want to know what you have planned next, if you don't mind talking about that. Do you uh, maybe playing, if that's playing, if that's coaching, stepping away from soccer entirely, maybe moving into a different career field? Uh, basically just whatever you got planned. Yeah, so it's been a very hard decision uh, lately over the past few months, just thinking about if I want to continue playing soccer or not. But I can definitely say that I've gave it a great thought and I think one thing that I've really wanted to do after soccer is just really enjoy life and have that other part of my life rather than just having soccer all the time. So I've really considered um, continuing my school and getting my master's degree in, at Mercer University and ho hopefully becoming the GA here as well. Awesome. So talked a lot about enjoying life and just how you enjoy soccer and how you enjoy life, but what else does Robbie do? Tell us a little bit other other interests, other hobbies. What do you like to do in your spare time? So in my spare time, I uh, I love to uh, draw. I love to color. But um, there's one thing that I've been really working on is my piano skills. I'm definitely been just playing the piano. It releases a lot of stress for me, and it just kind of gives me another aspect of Robbie. Oh, okay, another aspect of Robbie. So when you play, when you say playing the piano. Do you have like a keyboard or are you playing piano on like an iPad or like... No, no, I have a keyboard so I'm just <laughs> playing, I, I go to my room and I play the piano and I have a roommate named Leo that uh, he, he leaves his door open but once I start playing the piano he just doesn't like it and he starts closing the door so I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. I don't think it's very much of any sign. I don't, I don't think Leo likes very much of anything. <laughs> Definitely I could assume he doesn't like the piano. So. Do you like you said you like to draw and color? What are you What are you into doing? Like art or like yeah? So books? it's just it's just it's uh, art. I love just being open minded. Like I've I've mentioned before, I'm very creative in the aspect of just being able to do whatever I want. So I have a coloring book. Or uh, to be specific, it's a Garfield coloring book. But um, I just go out there and I just paint. I mean, I just color whatever I want, and I just it just makes me happy. So like. Garfield the cat. I'm Garfield thinking. the cat. Garfield yes. the cat. Do you like cartoons? Do I don't like, like cartoons. You don't like cartoons. You're, I don't, not, you're not into anime or anything. I'm not into anime. If there's one thing I don't watch is anime. Okay, uh, that make that makes sense. So 
art in general, so coloring, drawing. Have you taken any art classes here at Mercer, like ceramics maybe? I don't know anything like that. No, I've only taken an arts and computer class, uh, and with, I can say I'm not a very good, I'm not very good at technology, so that didn't go very well for me. <laughs> So yeah, one of the reasons I had you on here was because when we do when we do our bus trips, I always hear you listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video, and I know you're you're a huge fan of content in general. So just tell me why is that? Why do you like that, or what do you like? Do you like any YouTubers or any any podcasters in specific? Yeah, so I mean, it's not that I'm very into any YouTuber, but just entertainment in general, just it makes me happy. So I've definitely gone into the YouTube world and just listened to some podcasts, and one of them being Logan Paul, Joe Rogan, and people like that. They just have some a characteristic and a pretty good charisma when they bring on people. So. That's the reason I just like listening to them. And if I'm being genuinely, on, genuinely honest, I don't think I learn much from it except for <laughs> much laughter. <laughs> yeah, so I know uh, there, was a, there was a brief time frame when you used to do uh, a YouTube vlog almost, or a, a form of a vlog. Has that, uh, has, have you been inspired to maybe continue creating content? I'm, I I'm have, grateful you've been on the show. But yeah, yeah, I have. So, I mean, there's definitely a couple of things that I've put into thought, it, especially just going into YouTube. Um, there's actually a statistic out there that says uh, the millennials nowadays, 70% of them want to become YouTubers, which I think is very cool, but funny at the same time. But so, I mean, obviously with me playing soccer and YouTube being a thing, I've thought about creating some soccer videos, maybe some... Um, drills and stuff for young kids that may want to not only learn soccer but if they're trying to get into college maybe I can help them learn some the process and the journey that it takes to get into a college yeah if you were to put together like a YouTube channel where you did like a hybrid of like skills challenges I know you made a skills challenge video for the Tobies which is our version here at Mercer of the SBs, and Robbie made a great skills video about that it was really funny and everything was great and if you hybrided that with um, with a form of like advice column, I think that could really like work. I, I mean, I'd plug it on the show for sure. All right, so one of the things I want to do on this show, just to continue going here, is soccer related or not, I want to hear some like Mercer moments. What have you enjoyed about being at Mercer or college in general or anything funny happened or friends or anything you want to talk about here? everything's open yeah so there's uh definitely ups and downs but i definitely say there's a lot more ups that throughout my journey here and one of them was freshman year um i was sick uh, i would say starting october and i had a <laughs> i had a roommate natty Indo, and he would not like when i'd cough at night and he would move and and he'd huff and he'd puff whenever i'd cough so with that being said there was a time where i just couldn't take it anymore because i every time i coughed i felt judged so I ended up moving to one of our other freshmen's dorms and I slept on a futon for about a month and I didn't talk to Natty for about a whole month and when we see each other at practice we just walk by each other no no talking no nothing and I think that's definitely one of the funniest moments that we've had because looking back at it now we're good friends and we can laugh back at it. Yeah. I love freshman roommate stories. I feel like I could do a podcast just on freshman roommate stories. My favorite freshman roommate story is I had a freshman roommate named Q, and Q was a self-proclaimed sneakerhead. <laughs> and for some reason, he decided that being a sneakerhead meant that he didn't have to wear socks when he wore his <laughs> shoes, and he wouldn't put them in the closet either, so he would just take his shoes, 
and put them in in the middle of our one room like 12 by 12 space and also in addition to compound a mistake with mistake he would turn the air conditioning unit off when he left so the room was just just this terrible cloud of just foot smell that he wouldn't do anything about i i just couldn't get it obviously same thing with you and natty q and i are really good friends now and we laugh about this but that i i was just baffled obviously coming coming from just living in my own room in my house to having this self-proclaimed sneakerhead just decide not to wear socks with shoes. Yeah, Q was definitely an interesting person. He definitely had a full body pillow that <laughs> he would not want to leave his bed out. And then um, uh, Q is uh, currently no longer on the team uh, for the simple fact that he hates fitness. And he said it directly <laughs> to our coach. Um, with that being said, he during freshman year when he was on the team, uh, he would come on trips with his neck pillow and you know a neck pillow is used on the on the bus on the ride to wherever you're going but he'd use it while he was walking because he was already tired of walking <laughs> on the way to the bus so uh q is definitely a funny person and he's very uh outgoing yeah the neck pillow thing that was a, that was a huge hit it was off it when he when he left the team it was off nobody had a neck pillow but robbie's bringing it back robbie's wearing a neck pillow on the bus too now he's getting older and he needs his sleep he's on on road trips now, he's in he's in bed by ten. He's on he's asleep by ten thirty. Right on the bus, he's out. No no cards or anything anymore. For yeah, Robert. before I'd say freshman year, I definitely on trips. I mean, I still had that childish uh, characteristic about me where if I was in a hotel room and nobody was in there, I definitely want to go be where everybody was else was at, and I'd want to see what everybody else was up to and just have a good time. But now being a senior, I can definitely say I kick people out of my room, I just want to be in bed, I don't care about anybody, <laughs> so it's a whole different aspect now. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about travel, I, I've been doing it for a while, obviously, the bus, the bus is its own little place, I, I don't even know exactly if there's another scenario in society that quite equates to a college charter bus on a road trip, like, do you like that, or do you like the vibe being with the team stuffed on, stuffed on a bus for, like, 12 hours at a time sometimes? Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely a good bonding experience, but there is one thing that Jared does have a point on that we've talked a numerous amount of times mm -hmm. on bus trips. So, everybody has their own thing that they do on the bus, just waste time, but everybody with the technology nowadays put on their headphones and they just listen to music, don't talk, and JR always sits at his seat with no with nothing to do. He just looks around, stares <laughs> forward, stares around. He always talks about how he always wants to do something and no one ever pays attention to him. So I definitely say that if, if phones were not allowed on the bus, it definitely bring a better experience um, for teams to bond and just have a good time because JR is always lonely and just sad. And I've definitely uh, noticed that. So I... Whenever uh, I see JR or being by himself or just being lonely, I kind of try to take <laughs> off my headphones, but it's just a natural instinct to put them on all the time. Yeah, I've been trying to place the no headphones on the bus band for about <laughs> three years now. It does not seem to be catching on. I do not bring headphones, mainly because I can't listen to anything. I mean, I, I listen to some podcasts, but the music just gets repetitive. I can't do it, but... <laughs> Obviously, we've had some we've had some new additions, and some of these young guys are great. They bring they bring cards, or we hang out, or we talk, or we play twenty questions. I I've started to like the bus trips a lot more this season. I think I've been having a lot more fun. Usually, I can't stand the bus just because <laughs> being on a bus for that long, it starts to just get. Uh, I can't even explain it. It's just 
something about the buff makes me feel anxious. It just, uh, it's just, it's tough to do. Yeah, there's one thing I've started doing actually on long road trips. For example, when we go to VMI that are like seven hours and ex actually freshman year probably took 13 hours to get there just because of how long the bus, uh, how slow it goes. But uh, with that being said, uh, I started bringing a yoga mat on the bus. So I leave it, I, I, I lay it out on the floor. I bring my pillow. And it just gives me a better sense of how to just lay down and relax rather than just sitting in the chair for 13 hours. So it kind of does waste time and it helps me sleep. Yeah, well, there you have it. I mean, the show's called Outside the 90s, so we're here to talk about all things that happen outside of soccer, whether that's drawing pictures of Garfield <laughs> or bringing a yoga mat on a bus to deal with the hurricane conditions heading <laughs> to uh, Virginia Military Institute. Either way, I'd love to hear everything about it. So, I don't know, a fun topic here. Do you have any pregame rituals? Do you have any fun ones, any serious ones, anything you like to do before kickoff? Yeah, so uh, there's one thing that I've done uh, all the way going back to sophomore year. I have these and one socks that I wear. So I always wear the same and one socks to every game. And when I put on my game socks, I actually started putting on my right sock on my left foot and my left sock on my right foot. And it just helps me, I don't know, it mentally just lets me play better and it's just something that I do before every game yeah that may sound peculiar but I do very similar thing freshman year we went on a win streak where I had worn only my right footed sock on my left foot and I didn't under I before I got to college I didn't even understand that there were different socks for different feet until somebody pointed it out to me I felt like an idiot but I mean they don't they're, they're, they're the same sock let's be honest and I had no idea so I had been wearing my right sock on my left foot, and somebody pointed it out to me, so I've been doing the same thing ever since. That's, I wonder if that's a trend or anything. I don't know. Yeah, talking about pregame rituals, um, I definitely I know about yours and Chadwell's about um, not shaving until we lose. What is that about? Yeah, that's a, that's just one. I, I've been doing that one forever. I, I hate shaving in general. I like to have a beard. So this is kind of one part one is just kind of like an excuse to be able to grow my beard. <laughs> Part two is I just tell people you never know which hair is the lucky hair. You, you, you don't know. And when you're on a win streak, you can't risk anything. You can't change anything if you're winning. Right? College soccer wins, they're hard to come by. So if it, you don't know which hair is lucky, you can't be getting rid of any of them. That is true. All right. So switching gears a little bit back to a little bit soccer. We got a little bit sidetracked there. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask you, do you have any, like, when you got to Mercer, if there's any, like, uh, for lack of a better word, role model or player whose game you modeled yourself after or player whose personality you modeled yourself after or leadership qualities or anything in that regard. Yeah, so I've always kind of seen myself as wanting to mature, but I've always wanted to be more of a leader. So when I first came in, uh, one person that I, in particular, that I looked myself after would, was Jordan Duru. Just the way he handled himself, the way he played, and the way that he just went about himself was just outstanding. Just on the field and off the field, he was a great friend. And then on the field, he was just a great captain as well. So I was able to kind of mimic some of the stuff that he did. And it kind of very, it put me in the position that I am today. So I'm thankful for the people like him. Yeah, no question about it. Jordan Duru, fantastic player, even better captain. Uh, definitely somebody you should model yourself after. Probably one of the best central midfielders to come through Mercer University. And uh, nothing, nothing more to really be said about that. And then just adding on to that, just somebody else that I recently 
this past uh, junior year that I got close to was Kobe Perez. Uh, just his personality and his vibe just rubs off in a good way. So I was able to learn a lot of stuff about who he is and how he handled himself. And a lot of things that I learned from him is just like uh, before games, I would get uh, really stressful and they would really uh, harm the way I played uh, on the game. And then he just kind of showed me the ways of how to just relax and just play my game. Because at the end of the day, with the ability that I have, thank God I'm able to do what I what I can do to impact the team in a good way. So he's really helped me uh, become the better player just by helping me realize what I have in me. And off the field, he's just a funny guy. And I was able to... Uh, I'm a big person that believes in uh, working for the person next to you. So I've had conversations with him where I would tell him, I know you're, when you're on the field, I'm going to work hard for you. And he says the same thing. He's going to work hard for me. So uh, when we're doing that, that's part of the reason why we win championships because we're a family at, in, a, in a sense of matter. Yeah, and no question, Kobe. Kobe's a gigantic personality, great player, even better person. Uh, actually, Kobe started his professional career over there at Tormenta FC. Uh, excited to see how that goes for him and maybe what the future holds for Kobe. I can't wait to see him again. And, uh, yeah, Kobe's a prime example of, of being able to play loose and not being too stressed about the games. I never think once I saw Kobe get nervous mm-hmm. on the ball or without the ball. Probably caused Coach Ruzzo a lot of stress in his time here. But, yeah. Actually, I'd probably love to hear from Kobe at some future point, maybe get him on the show. Yeah, it'd be good to have him on the show, a different aspect. Well, we're running out of time here on our first episode, but I want to say thanks, Robbie, for coming on the show. A great interview, great great perspective on soccer and life and what's next, and just really excited to hear from you. Thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, sir. It was definitely a pleasure, and coming from you, uh, playing with you alongside for three years, uh, you've definitely been a great... A friend and on the field and off the field so i thank you for that and for having me on your podcast thanks man all right guys uh tune in next time on outside the 90 and hopefully we'll have another guest as good as robbie for you